Hey friends, and welcome back to The Sandwich, hosted by me, Amanda Muse. Today's episode, I think, is going to intrigue you, maybe educate you, and hopefully entertain you. And I am thrilled to be having Bridie on my podcast today. Hello. Hey there. Hey. Hi. So this is kind of fun. I actually, we're going to get into how I know Bridie or how I've recently met her, but we're both like sitting on our, in our cozy spaces and you're over in, are you in Halifax right now or? Yes, I am. And it's, uh, it's, it's like mild. It rained all day yesterday. So we've got like a West coast winter feeling right now today. Oh, that's, I've got like circa 1998 ice storm situation happening here. So (laughs) it's like not ideal. And there are children homes. So hopefully no one interrupts me. We shall see how this goes. little bit of an introduction for those listening. So you are the host or co-host of the podcast Turn Me On with your husband, Jeremy. That's right. That's us. And how long have you been doing that one now? Uh, Just past our um, two-year mark. We took a little season break for about three or four months and um, we're kind of, I don't know if we're nearing the end of our second season. We haven't really talked about that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we started our first podcast aired February 15th 2016 2017 oh yeah it must be 2017 awesome Mm -hmm. and I find like podcasts are blowing up right now so I mean I feel like you guys kind of I mean Jeremy has another podcast as well but you guys are sort of getting in before the the big you know before everyone else is hitting up this podcast space so and something unique is the subject matter so you guys talk about all the sexy things <laughs> yeah and and unsexy things we talk about all kinds of sexuality stuff and yeah trying to figure it out yeah and so um so you do that but that isn't your full-time gig you're kind of like a, a jill of all trades so you also are a yoga instructor that's right what kind of yoga do you teach actually i don't actually know uh, I teach Moto, formerly Moksha in Canada, but it's uh, we rebranded to Unite under the same name recently. So we're Moto Yoga, and uh, I've been teaching for 13 years with them. Wow. Uh, I know. That's a long amazing. Time. They have one in yeah. town here. I just, I don't know what, sometimes I find with kids, it's hard to hit up class times. Mm-hmm. I, I've been yep. struggling with that with like fitness things, um, but it's definitely been on my list. Although, is it hot yoga? It sure is. Damn. I'm like... You don't like the heat? You know, okay. I tried hot yoga when I was living in Vancouver and I was like, I don't know what it is. I think like my ancestors are too Caucasian to deal with this heat, like the Welsh. (laughs) I don't know. I thought it was going to die. Yeah. My first hot class too, I I was like, I'm never doing that ever again. And then two years later, it's just a different... I mean, different temperatures, different studios. You got to sample. Actually, and to be fair, that was like... Oh God, like 13 years ago. I mean, I should give it another go. And I'm yeah. in like such a different fitness level now too. Anyway, I and digress. You're, d- you're a different person. You're yeah. a different person than you were 13 years ago. I'd say, hello. <laughs> but then you also, are you, would you say you're an actor? Yes. Yeah. I, I occasionally identify as an actor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you had mentioned just as we were chatting earlier that you sometimes produce. Do you do like film stuff or TV stuff or a little bit of both? So on the East Coast here, there's a lot of great film stuff happening. There's a lot of great theater, but uh, it is a pretty, it's a pretty small um, pool in terms of the professional theater outlets. Mm -hmm. So I'm trained in theater, but I, 
in the absence of a lot of theater work, I have been producing a bit of film and the independent filmmakers that I work with uh, around the East Coast or around Prince Edward Island specifically where I'm from, um, they're kind of paving the way for all the up and coming future filmmakers from from Prince Edward Island. And so TV is relatively new um, for us anyway. And with all the changes and the technology and just, I'm just getting on the speeding train to trying to get a sense of like, what's TV all about? It's a completely different beast than film, which is already a completely different beast than theater. And I'm just an actor poking around in the background trying to figure out how it all works. <laughs> I how love it. Paid? How do you make money at this job in this that industry? is the age-old question. I hear that. <laughs> Without like losing yourself entirely. Because I feel that this is a thing. You know, being yeah. coming from the social media space um, mm-hmm. and having been in it for a long time, it's so easy to say, okay, well, this formula is working, so I'm just going to walk in that direction. But like you said you know, you change. And 13 years ago, I was a different person. Well, I feel like that's constantly what's happening. So for me to be like, okay, I'm only going to do this type of content for the next five years, that like gives me hives because it's Mm. like, hold on, I could change my mind in six months, you know? So Mm -hmm. I feel that. And then what I loved recently when I was listening to one of your podcast episodes is that you've started speaking with like schools and young people and not too, too young, but you know, those people who are at that time of their life trying to figure things out. How have you found that has been going? Well, um, you know, our first live show to a college audience was, uh, was recently. And so I don't, I don't know if that qualifies as speaking to students, but strangely enough, I was asked a few months ago to come in and chat with a grade I think it was a grade 10, 11, 12 class mm-hmm. on Prince Edward Island to talk about career. It was like, um, you know, those classes in, in high school, where it's like personal development where you like talk about whatever, just being a human being. This neat, this neat guy, the teacher, he asked me to come in and, and, and speak to, to them about career path. And I was like, uh, <laughs> me, you know, like <laughs> what do you mean as an actor? Like, do you know that I talk about sex? Um, anyway, and he's just like, yeah, all of it. And so that was a really cool experience because I, I, I'm 30, almost 35. Mm -hmm. And I have at so many points just stopped and been like, what are you doing right now? Like, Mm -hmm. where are you going? Um, you know, you said Jill of all trades, maybe master of none. Mm -hmm. I think the rest of that is, but oftentimes maybe better than the master of none or something. I don't know. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. I don't oh, know yeah. it. But it was uh, it was really nice to be able to just look at everything that I've done and go, actually, they all make sense together. Mm-hmm. Even though while I'm doing them, I'm like, this is this feels like a 180. It It's like maybe I'm going in this direction because the skills I'm going to get in this nine to five facilitating job are going to serve my arts community when I turn my attention back to that thread of my career and so that it's weird when you're speaking and teaching Mm -hmm. um, how much you actually learn you have to learn and acknowledge before going in and opening your mouth and looking at skeptical teenagers in the face (laughs) it's true like I look I may look really old 
but I, I, I'm not that much older than you. <laughs> and I learned a thing, you know. Totally. But. but I think it's so, when I heard that you had done that, I was like, I was just like applauding you because I thought, this is what young people need to hear. Like, I know we don't know each other too well, but like when I was 19, I used, I lived in Montreal. I left, I moved to Toronto. I had like no money. You know, you're trying to figure things out. Then I fell in love and I moved to Vancouver, you know, and you're like, did I just, yeah, move for love. Okay. Um, what am I doing now? You know? And you're like, going to try school. And then you realize, no, I'm, I'm doing that to please people. So I'm going to try this other thing. And, but you are picking up all of these skill sets as you go. And I think it's such an important message for young people to hear that like, yeah, you know, you might have all these little 10 steps before you get to your big gig, but those Mm -hmm. things are going to help. And I think, I don't know about you, but like I'm 34, I'll be 35 this year. And it's like, um, when we were in school, it was like, you have to go do this and get this degree and then you'll have this job forever, you know? So, well, that's the way it was for them, for that generation, you know? And that was like a big mark of success is, you know, getting and working your way up. And we're in a really different time of, of like, well, actually you can, if you don't see a job out there that you like, you can create your own job. And, and then, you know, now everyone's an entrepreneur and right some of us didn't get that training in high school like you know so like Uh, me for sure oh yeah Um, and then of course the trouble that comes with being an entrepreneur and creating your own job is like sometimes you don't know what the f you're doing and you're just like i'm hoping this is gonna work but there's no damn guidebook and so i know you've spoken about like imposter syndrome and stuff like that and i think that that it's such a natural experience like last night i had the biggest cry and it was like but it was like 2 a.m and i had this huge deadline and i was so tired and i was so mad and it was like why what's going on i'm just having a complete breakdown do you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna i'm just gonna listen to some nice quiet music and go to bed and it'll be fine in the morning you know you just gotta like let it out uh-huh. you can't oh, yeah. have it all together all the time um But the reason I wanted to bring you on today was to talk about some sexy things. And so maybe what, you know, for my audience listening, a lot of them are women, you know, ages 25 to 50, and some have kids, some don't. Um, But, you know, I think that sex and intimacy is something that most of us desire or have had or want to have. Um, And I find what's happened with women that I speak to is not a lot of women place a lot of priority on it or there is fear of even talking about it or if we've lost that stuff how do we get it back and one of the reasons I love your podcast so much is you talk about you and Jeremy talk about sex in such a chill way it's not hyper it's not like I've listened to a lot of podcasts and sometimes some people are so hyped up and it's like I think that's where maybe that yoga comes in is like you're so chill and I'm just like I feel like we're talking about like anal sex and I'm like I just I'm like making coffee and it's like nothing and I love Mm -hmm. that like you normalize that so I guess the first thing is for those listening what is the trim me on podcast and how did you guys stumble upon it and create it uh, so we say that Turn Me On Podcast is a no-holds-barred conversation about what it's like to be a sexual being in the world. Basically acknowledging, like you said, it's an aspect of all of our lives and it's an, it's a part of being a human and, you know, it's how we got here. And, uh, and so let's talk about it. Um, I don't think Jer- neither Jeremy or I or a lot of people in our age group had a real adequate um sexual education coming up I mean some people maybe so especially if you had parents that were pretty open about that 
Mine were not. And um, I think I just grew up with a lot of shame about sex and sexuality and certain things were very private and um, and a lot of like complicated feelings that just surround the subject and you know going through several long-term relationships and always fucking fighting about <laughs> sex um, it's just like this is clearly gonna be a thing for the rest of my life so I gotta start talking about it so that um so I get to know myself a little bit better you know people ask in sexy moments like tell me what you want and that would make my throat close over (laughs) and you know people would say I wish you were more expressive during sex and I'd be like it's up here but I can't make it come out of my mouth um Mm -hmm. because you know, it's not going to sound sexy or, or, or it's just going to be some like ridiculous thing. I'm going to finally just be like, and I'll be like, I want you to tweak my elbow or something like, (laughs) I just like so scared of the sound of my own voice and, and, and expressing a desire that maybe I didn't even know I had. Um, so when Jeremy had his other podcast and he was he was regularly doing this I started brainstorming topics like what could we talk about um Jeremy and I went to acting school together and we'd never created anything together and we were looking for years we've you know we've been together 10 years so a couple of years ago when we landed on this particular subject it was um as a result of of our opening up our marriage Mm -hmm. to include other other sexual partners which is um we talk at length about that on our podcast. So and for those listening get... that I guess there's so many different ways to d- define, right? Everyone wants a label of everything, but that, that falls into like the open marriage, would you say polyamorous type of lifestyle? Yeah. If you look up, um, there's a diagram in a book called more than two. And, uh, it's like, it's like a flow chart, but it's like chaos and it's <laughs> all of the terms that fall under the umbrella open relationship but yeah we we you know we say we're a polyamorous couple okay and for me that just means I recognize even if we don't have other partners which we do um that it's it's possible and quite lovely to be in love with more than one person at a time and to nurture both or all of those relationships um I I have since began to wonder if maybe I'm more of like a serial monogamist um because (laughs) Jeremy's like loves the the open side of 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 the sex and you know you know sampling all of the that there is to sample and I really enjoy like digging deep with a partner gotcha so yes Jeremy and I are married I also have a long-term boyfriend and that's it for me that's about all i can handle it's a lot of work like the agenda <laughs> the planner is full <laughs> yeah, no exactly. other time we must sleep yeah. at some point mm-hmm. um and i know that uh my listeners know that amanda muse likes to talk about all the sexy things and i often embarrass my husband um <laughs> because he's like a little bit more shy publicly but it's mm-hmm. so fun to get him to talk about sex and i just think that like 
what I know, my experience, having had some babies, is that there's a point in time where you're like, I'm doing a lot of things. I am breastfeeding. I am recovering from C-sections. I am carrying 70 extra pounds. And I know that women listening feel those things too. So to imagine being in a mind space where you could be so open and fluid and be just like the love, all the love all around. And to just think about sex, like, you know, like you get dressed every day and it's something else that we do and it's fun and it's not a chore. And I feel like there's, there's so many people that get to that place. And I think it's hard to come out of it. So I just want to say thanks for being able to talk about all that stuff and have a safe space for people. I've learned several things. Like (laughs) I, I don't know if it's just my experience. I consider myself like I've lived a big life. I've lived in different places, but things that are new are like the the, the way that we, you know, people identify like his, her and them and they. And I was like, oh my God, I need to be more aware of this. And uh-huh. like, it's, if you're not exposed to that stuff every day, right. Then it's like, you need to learn. And when you know better, you do better. Right. So. And it's, it's intimidating. I think like, another real big passion of mine is like expression through voice so sometimes I teach voice classes when I teach yoga I teach it with like making a lot of sound because that same throat closing feeling that that you might feel when it comes to like wanting to talk about sex that's doesn't only happen in that area I would imagine you know like people people need like people have a lot to learn myself included about like what your voice sounds like and what it means to you know all those cliches like speak from your heart or or speak from your gut or like Mm -hmm. whatever and it's just like what does a completely free expression of that look like but I think people are really intimidated um by the especially some of the gender stuff and 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 some of the conversations that we have you know we talk about difficult things like sexual assault and we we stumble through conversations about transness and you know we make mistakes but I think you know it's better than not saying anything at all I agree and it's and it's educating people who you know here's the beauty with the podcast like no one knows if you're listening and if you Mm. find that this is a subject matter where you want to learn more or you know you're entering that phase of life that's like you're learning about yourself and you want to I want to learn a little about this and you listen you're educating people you know like you said you may not get it right but at least at least it's being said you know it's Mm. given a platform and that is so important and I you know you've had guests of all different ages and like different experiences and I just think it's it's just been a very like enjoyable experience to listen so and I'm really glad that my friend actually she sends me a message in the summer because whenever we get together as girls we shoot the shit drink wine talk about sex I'm like I'm not here for anything else like this is what we're I don't want to play no wine drinking games let's talk about the sexy things and she's like you need to listen to these two Canadians and I was like (laughs) what so and I mean to support too like fellow Canadian creators I'm all about that and it's like hey figure this out so yeah so this this poly thing I think is going to surprise people so I'm curious to to see what the feedback will be like but um, I think that there is more and more people talking about you know sustainable marriage and that you know if you look at a marriage and you look at infidelity um, I think that not everybody needs to open their marriage to have a successful marriage but 
what you were saying too about just that voice work, you know, how we hold pain and shame and things like that in our bodies. And when you can articulate what you're looking for and tell your partner, you may be surprised because they may fulfill your needs, right? Yeah. And it's like, holy shit, I was so embarrassed to say that I wanted that. And now that's Mm -hmm. happening and I'm living my best life, right? Yeah. And like, we, we only get so much time on this earth. Like, it's so nice to just talk about things and let them out. And I was thinking as you were talking about that voice work, like a lot of what I talk about in parenting and motherhood is it's an aspect of your life. Like it's not everything and to not forget who you are in the process because those babies are going to grow and leave the nest and you're like, oh, hi, it's just me with me again, right? Um, Uh But that also sometimes things come natural. Like if your body wants to make a noise or you want to, or you like something, like why not walk in that direction, right? And just like let things kind of flow. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, very exciting to to talk to you about that stuff today but I guess one of the things because even myself as I'm talking I'm like can I say this are people gonna like how are they gonna react like how did you get literally the balls to start talking about sex on a podcast like where did you where did that come from I I think I was just sick and tired of not being able to I think it came from a place of frustration Mm. of just like I just I'm so tired of having these fights all the time. Um, I want to be connected to who I am sexually. I want to, I want to understand that part of myself. And I'm, I've spent 32 years of it of, of well, maybe not that long, but I've, I spent <laughs> a, a lot, 25 at least years thinking about it in my head and trying to make sense of things and I'm not getting anywhere. So I'm going to have to talk about it. And it was, so it's kind of a therapy in a way. And, you know, our first few conversations Jeremy and I tried to have on, on the microphones, we had to scrap because (laughs) we got into fights, of course. Oh yeah. And yeah. And so finally the third time we tried it, we invited somebody else into the room, (laughs) a friend of ours. Isn't that a metaphor for life? (laughs) Let's get that other person in here. Sort us out. Yeah. And, uh, and then we just started doing it. And honestly, you know, it really wasn't until I feel like a few months ago that I realized people are actually, there's other people listening to the conversations. It is like therapy. Oh God. So I, I recorded a session with my husband the other day. We were talking about stress or something and I brought the wrong computer so I couldn't plug in two mics and I was like, Oh, perfect. So we like sat across from each other, just staring into each other's eyes, talking into the one mic. And I was like, this is so awkward. But after a while, it gets comfortable. And you're like, I'm happy to look into your eyes. I've been looking into them for 15 <laughs> years. We can do this, you know? But it is like therapy. And there are people listening. And you're just like, we may as well get through this conversation and not argue. And like, you know, and it it's the back and forth. So it I feel that. And it is like therapy listening. Because it's like you're just meditating, kind of listening to this conversation for an hour. So Matt, you mentioned fights and things like that about sex. Yeah. Now, I, I'm just going to assume that not everybody in your life was like so welcoming and open armed to your lifestyle that you and Jeremy chose together. Like, can you can you share a little bit? Like, did, was that hard? Did you kind of let everybody know at the same time? Did you piecemeal it out to people that you trusted? I It definitely kind of leaked out slowly until... I fell in love and then at that point I had to start including family in the conversation because I wanted um, to introduce them to my boyfriend. Right. 
in the beginning, I definitely was very cautious about who I um, said things to, but luckily I come from a very non-conventional family. So most of the people were like, you know, just water off a duck's back. They didn't, they didn't really care. That's so I mean, awesome. Yeah. I mean, Honestly. they kept an eye on Jeremy and I for a good few months just to make sure that we were in a good place. Um, and we were, so that ended up working out. Now I, I've had some family still not totally, um, comfortable with it, not ready, not wanting to be around it. And, um, I think, I think that's because it's confusing. Mm -hmm. I think it's just like, and I'm aware of it before I open my mouth and I'm trying to gauge the situation about whether I can say we're in an open relationship. People are skeptical. People are threatened that it has something to do or that I might be passing some sort of judgment on what they've chosen as a relationship structure. Mm-hmm. So it's really more, I think, within myself that I feel conflicted about actually saying it out loud gotcha. to somebody new. Mm-hmm. Um, over the holidays or just before Christmas, you had shared some vulnerability with um, some experiences you had with a family member or members. And I was like frantically typing you an email and then I, was, I got distracted. But um, <laughs> I uh, I felt that deeply and I so appreciate that. And I'm, so you're, I'm sure your listeners do too. Like to hear that it's not just like all roses and sunshine and fantastic loving situations. Like it, it's difficult. I think in, in life, whether you're choosing to take a different route with your marriage or you're going to do something wild and like, I don't know, live a different place or choose a partner like myself, my husband's 15 years older than me and my parents are quite young. So that was like, okay, they're closer in age than Dean and I. So that was like an interesting experience initially. And it's, it's hard. Right. And then, there's like that doubt that creeps in for a minute and you're like, should I be doing this? Like the people that love me are, are like judging me. And you know, when I was like sending you this message, I was like, you know, it's, it's one of these things where like your people, you will find your people that love you and support you. And some of those other ones may fall to the fringe and the wayside. And, um, and you got to make sure like you're, you know, that the people that are surrounding you are filling your cup and that like, you know, and, and, and family is family. And I, I always struggle with this because I've lived in so many different places and I have a very challenging relationship with my mom. Um, okay. And it's always like the back and forth. Um, are we friends? Are we not friends? Are we friends? Are we not friends? And it's it's hard to manage that. Sometimes you got to put people in a timeout and then come back to it later, you know, when everyone can be clear headed about it. So it's hard to share that stuff online, too, because people all have opinions. So it's true. But I think people need to hear that because you know, we live in the world of like Instagram and Facebook and smiling photos. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, I don't mind talking about my complicated relationship with my family, with anybody. I'm an open book because I know, I I know that nobody's family is perfect. And, you know, I'm also 34 and I feel like it's only been the last maybe a couple of years that I've been like, I got to dig in to my relationships, my chosen, my chosen relationships and, and really, uh, you know, like value and invest in them because another thing I'm learning is boundaries. And it's like, okay, well, if those people aren't safe for me to be around, I can't, I, I'm going to have to find some people that, that are actually help me grow and, and, you know, our, our, I want to say fertilizer for this like (laughs) soil, the rich soil of, you know, my, my life. And I want to contribute that to other people as well. Cause 
it's like banging your head against a wall when when you're trying to be that for somebody else and you're not getting that at all in return. Absolutely. Oh my gosh, that's everything. Boundaries are like hashtag boundaries. That's my life. You know, like <laughs> like I've had because when you do things that are outside of the norm, people are going to have opinions, and so you have to like establish those boundaries. And I think you know you were mentioning relationships. I think we, as we get into our thirties, one of the relationships we really start to hone in on is the one we have with ourselves. And yep. I am always like, go bridey. When you're talking about like your feminine power, you freely talk about masturbation. You talk <laughs> about when your libido is like, where to go. Um, yeah. And I just love that because I don't know, like it's like women are supposed to be in the one category of category of like super sexy all the time. Everything's fabulous. They're ready to rock or like not, you know, and it's, mm-hmm. we can be all of the things, you know, mm-hmm. did that, did you always have that kind of self-awareness? Like, I need to go take a minute for myself. Um, or did you feel like your sexual energy was always kind of derived from a partner? Like, how did you? I definitely wasn't as comfortable with like my own pleasure um, until still right around the same time as the podcast started. Mm-hmm. You know, I was just like, this is something, it, it, it's got to start with me. And, um, you know, so masturbation in like previous relationships was like, don't get caught masturbating or like only do that, you know, when they're not around. And mm-hmm. I had sex with boyfriends when I didn't feel like it. And, oh, yeah. you know, like all of that kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't want to have, I, I want to have a healthy relationship to sex. I want to like enjoy it. And, and I read something recently, like that sex is a way that adults play like it it's, can be stimulating for the imagination it can activate the right side of your brain it, it's it's a exercise it's you know great you know for your your body you know if you're if you're healthy and um and I was just it's just like so why does it feel like such a burden sometimes mm-hmm. and I think for a lot of people it's it's because it, it feels like a chore and it doesn't come easily and it's been a while. I got a re- engine hasn't been, you know, fired up in a bit. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it, that relationships can start with yourself before you start trying to mend it with other people or trying to branch out with other people. But I was not sexually aware until until I decided that I was going to take that bull by the horns. That's all. I mean, I don't know why I've always been very sexual aware. Like, and it's funny because my mom is like, she, she would never talk about sex or anything. And I was just like, well, I definitely didn't take after her. I was like, where's the other one in this equation? So I've always been like very, it must be the extrovert in me, like very, um, Mm. like shocking when I would tell my dad like crazy stories and he's like, stop, you know, and I would make stuff up and tell him like sexual things. And he's just like, you are too much. And I think though, it's just finding the people that kind of bring that out in you too like yeah I was fortunate to choose partners who nurtured that sexual side of me and now to have you know a partner that I've been with for a long time who recognizes that that relationship will ebb and flow but also change right Mm -hmm. like we've been together for 15 years what floats my boat now is very different than what did way back when um and also like having a child can cause trauma to a woman's areas, you know? Mm -hmm. And that was an interesting kind of thing for me when I realized like, you know, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling tension in your life, it can show up in that part of your body and sex can be painful. 
And then like, that's the last thing that you want to go and do. Right. And then also just, you know, when you have that awareness and you know what works for you and that it doesn't just have to be that that one person has, is like, like they're the end all be all of your pleasure. You can like find a little toy, use your hands, figure things out. And it's a fun experience. Like you said, play. I love that word because it is, it's fun. It's like, let's go have some fun, you know? So yeah, I think Esther Perel, she talks about like, um, P.S. I love Esther Perel and I really hope she gets on your podcast. Carry on. on. She's the bomb. Mm -hmm. Um, she talks about how like we assume ownership of over other people's sexuality once we're in a relationship with them. And, and that's, that's been an interesting thing to explore within a monogamous relationship with my boyfriend is like, okay, we're not open, but do I need him to tell me if he like flirts with somebody? Like, can he do that? And can I just like enjoy that? Because I enjoy flirting and Mm -hmm. I think I have boundaries and I'm pretty clear that it's like, it's play. But would it make him uncomfortable if he saw it? Or should I tell him? Like, those are all kinds of conversations that uh, float around in my brain when I think about that thing that Esther Perel said is like, you know, where where your sexuality is is yours. It doesn't belong to one other person. And you can feel sexy even when they're not around. And it might be like, for me, I feel it sometimes when I'm on stage. I feel it sometimes when I'm like, in a dance class you know it's just like and and he that that he that like I have sex with he's not even around but this is when I feel the sexiest when it's like when I'm in my own and she also says too that like seeing your partner when they're in their own when they're in their flow state and their element is like it's really important for desire um I so, love so that giving Giving someone the space to be themselves without you possessing them is like very important for super hot. Mm-hmm. It's funny, my husband and I, we've never done hobbies together. I don't know why. We have different interests. I don't know. It's That's weird. great. I know. I'm like, peace out. Like, I'm so independent. I'm like, don't, don't hold me down. I got my things to do. And because we've done a lot of like uh, long distance, it's fine. So, Recently, though, um, the poor guy, I'm making him stay in Canada because every day he tells me he wants to leave and live in Southeast Asia. So I'm like, let's go to the gym. Let's get some endorphins, right? So we're working out at the gym. And again, we do our own thing. Um, and I get this text and I'm really getting into the gym. Like, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of like, I think maybe like work stress or something. I need to get rid of it. So I'm just loving it. And I feel super hot in my like little workout outfits. And like you're saying, like you're finding your own power, right? And I get this text from him at the gym and I'm like oh what's going on and he's like ah your triceps look really hot I almost took a picture of you and I was like this is so (laughs) fun I'm like I didn't even know he's like seriously your body's banging and it's like but you you know to support your partner like rather than be like you shouldn't be wearing those super tight pants he's like wear them keep walking around because it's kind of fun like you're my person you know so yeah yeah so I know that you you and Jeremy don't have children of your own. Um, no. For one, Jeremy can't have babies, right? That's for one. Right. And yeah, also, that's right. From cystic fibrosis there. Yes. Um, sterile. Yeah. Um, but also, like, babies aren't for everybody, and that's great. Um, but you are an aunt, so you do have a couple of – do you have three, two nieces? I have, like, 12. I, I every I'm trying to – sometimes I, I go to count. There's always more coming. Um, <laughs> Damn, these ghosters. <laughs> I can't even keep track of how many siblings I have. So my, my dad has 10 kids, and my mom has four, but they just have me together. Wow. 
but two of them have passed. So I'm like, I don't know. That's like a very complicated math situation in my brain. <laughs> Carry the uh, one. Yeah. yeah. That's a lot. Uh, yeah. Um, I have I have a couple of nephews. Mm-hmm. And I have about, I honestly, I think I have nine or ten nieces. Oh, my God. You know what? Holy I have smokes. one, two, three, four, five. I have, I have six nephews. Damn. I said two. But I said two, but I have six. <laughs> Okay, yeah. that's a lot. I know yeah. you have. I think you have a sister that you're very close with, and you sometimes stay with her. Um, yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering, like, having female friends and having a sister that have had children, like, have you noticed that element where women sort of lose touch with their sexual identities and their sexual selves? Have you seen that yourself firsthand? I've definitely seen it, and not so much in my older sister the one that you're talking about she's she's got three daughters uh she's a scorpio so she's very very sexy that's a sexy um, sign isn't it yeah it is it's the sexiest sign um it is yeah i uh so she's she's like she's you know she's been a real role model for me and all of that and she you know she has that relationship with her girlfriends as well that i get to spend time with so there's a lot of conversation about sex and female power and all of that kind of stuff I I don't see it in that relationship but Mm -hmm. I have seen it for sure you know I have a lot of um my grandmother has been a widow for I don't know uh, 20 years at least and never had another relationship Mm -hmm. um my mom um and my stepmother both are separated from their partners in in a sense and um I don't think that that's an active part of their life I'm I don't talk to my mom about masturbation but I'm guessing that's not something um, that is pretty regular mostly because she lives with my grandmother right. um, her mom um, so I do see it uh, I just don't really understand how that affects them like mm-hmm. you know in in the greater health overall health world my grandma she had a hysterectomy when she was 27 mm. and I don't think there was I think I think there was a lot of shame around that and as a result um not a whole lot of uh, of sex sex life after that right. um well, especially the from lack what of I've hormones heard. and like it just it's very different it's like forced menopause mm. right yeah 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 um it's interesting to observe in in women of all ages you know I have a I have a 16 year old niece who's also been on the podcast I remember yes yeah and she's like I didn't have a sex life when I was 16 but uh but that was also very enlightening Mm -hmm. and um you know just like seeing people at different stages is is interesting but I have yet to broach that conversation with my Mm -hmm. mom it's um yeah I find like there's a lot of that. I remember I had a very good friend who, um, when we were in Malaysia, told me that like we had two kids each and she hadn't had sex since conceiving the second one. And I nearly fell off my damn chair. And I was like, what? Like, do you have to like your husband to have sex with him? Like, what? How does that work? You know? And it was, yeah. there was a lot of dysfunction. And, and in the end, they're no longer together. But I think that was not, that was not exactly the root cause. It was just a symptom of that bigger problem. But um, even like, in, did you ever see the movie Eat, Pray, Love? Uh, no, I haven't seen the movie. Okay. 
It's very not Southeast Asia, by the way, because I moved there. It's okay. a little bit different. Watch the movie. <laughs> no need to go. But but there's a part there where she goes to get like, she's in like Ubud in Bali, and she goes to get this foot massage or something. And the guy's like, you haven't really had any sexy times, I can tell, because like you're, you're basically like your, your joints are dry. And it was like this really funny, like, but you know, a bigger kind of analogy, like, there is something to be gained from exploring your sexuality and like releasing those good feelings into your body and not forgetting that they exist. And I think it can Mm -hmm. be hard in that season of life with little kids, which I know a lot of my listeners are. Um, But I'm always trying to remind people like, you'll be out of that eventually. And your kids will not like my kids are on their iPads right now. House is quiet, you know, like you can sneak out for 20 minutes, go have a little fun and like, not forget who you are, you know, have mm-hmm. a little fun, lock the bathroom door. Like, I think there's ways to come back from it. And like, even without kids, like I've got friends who have really high stress jobs and kind of forget to reconnect with their partners on a regular basis. And yeah. you would hate to see like relationships fall apart because of a lack of playtime, you know? And so I just think it's, yeah, it's like finding ways to reconnect, to talk more about um, what they want and their desires and how to make that work. Because not everybody's going to have a libido where they're going to want to go for five times a week. Maybe it's once a week. Maybe it's once every two, you know? So it's it's worth having the conversation. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about the podcast itself is that people share very private details with you and very you know, intimate things that are going on with their lives. And you had mentioned that like you spend a lot of time in your emails and like trying to figure out what are we talking about for this particular episode or at least like engaging with the with the people that have messaged you. Do you find that you have to respond to every single answer because you feel like this obligation? Like how do you navigate that? I definitely do. <laughs> and then I definitely can't. Mm. And then I definitely carry that as a to-do list item you know like still got an email from like a year ago that you need to respond to and it, it it's like it's not gonna make the podcast because you know it's not that kind of question and it, it it's you know very personal and there's whatever I, it it's it's really neat when people reach out and I think I don't know I might be giving it too much meaning but you know, I think when you listen to a podcast, you get a sort of feeling that you know someone. And then I think when we ask a friend for advice or we ask someone for advice, we're asking because we think we can trust at least the delivery of the response um, is going to be, you know, if people ask me for something, I assume that they know that they can say anything to me. I'm not going to judge them. I'm going to be really thoughtful. I'm going to um, try to see things from different points of view and I'm going to try to be honest but compassionate. And so I I feel like when people reach out to me, I need to deliver that. And I don't always I don't always know. Like sometimes a question comes in and I just like I can't even imagine what it's like to be in that situation. And so I sit on it Mm -hmm. and think about it and read things and come back to things, make notes in the reply in draft, but never send them. Mm -hmm. Um, 
because I, I, I want to be, you know, thoughtful and considerate and I take my time. And then inevitably life happens mm-hmm. and, you know, I have a big family. I have lots of friends. I have two <laughs> significant others. <laughs> and um, sometimes those, those things take, have to take precedent. Mm-hmm. And sorting out those problems is all that I can manage with the amount of energy that I have. Um, and you're right, because some of the subject matter can be really heavy. It's not like these light, fun questions all the time. Like people have had have had to walk a difficult path sometimes. And you're right. It's like, how qualified am I to answer this question? You know, and I, yeah. I, I get those as well. So DMs, I'm always like, oh, okay, hold on. I got to put that aside. And then sometimes you forget to come back gets lost in the emails um you're like at best I can do a google search but I'm sure you've already done that so exactly hopefully someone will come into the studio that will you know just happen to drop a wisdom bomb that will hit you at exactly when you need it you know absolutely and that's exactly it is like you do have this diverse kind of group of guests that will come in and chat and you're right it it could reach people for different reasons right um I want to end our little session today with some rapid fire questions but before I do um I suppose one of the important ones is maybe for people listening that feel like they've lost their way, whether it's, you know, getting in touch with their own sexuality or with a partner. Like, do you have any kind of tips that you offer people with, like, how do you get back into that frame of mind? For me, it's reading. So I like to read about um, sensuality, relationships, love. Like, the reason I love Esther Perel is because she's very poetic and very sensual, even though it's kind of, you know, it's kind of self-help. Um, but it's not dry. It's, it's like, sexy. But the other day I was at the library looking for some romance novels uh you know like trying to find those those old sexy scenes and books that I remember from like being like 13 14 years old and like it lighting up my brain um so I I think go reach out like go out um and and try to get some some new input um remember situations or the origin of like feeling sexual for the first time you know and re-explore that for me it's been a it's been a big um kind of true to that that career thread I was talking about earlier is Mm -hmm. like is like look for the things that worked in the past and go back to those touch base with who you were when you were 16 or 18 or you know just like 25 whenever you're exploring your sexuality and getting really excited about it and uh, try some of those try try some of those things again like take yourself on a date I love that I don't know sometimes you talk about sometimes you just put on some sexy lingerie for yourself like yeah take photos love that actually that's hilarious that you brought up the reading because I was like oh my god my very first like oh, this is a sexy scene and I'm feeling things in my body was a yeah. book. And I swear that book is worn out. I still kept it because I was like, that's a special little, I can't remember for the life of me, the title of it, but as like a little 13 year old or something, I was like, whoa. And you know what's awesome? Uh-huh. My aunt gave me that book. I got to remind her of that. She no, like, I got that book from my, I got that book for Christmas from one of my parents. This is the same exact thing. And I was like, do you have it? any idea and it was some kinky kinky weird shit in there yeah. too i bet um, they i maybe they knew i swear my aunt must maybe. have known because it was her book 
and she was like you should <laughs> so, like yeah. when she was a teenager she's like you gotta have this book and I was like whoa because yeah you know what <laughs> and, and it's maybe you're not gonna get all that like sexual inspiration from like your parents because God help me but there's people in your life that you can like be open with and talk about things um but I think that is such solid advice to go back to maybe what worked in the past like I love yeah. that like reading well and, and I think I think too like you said uh the other people like who are your sexual icons like who do you look at and think that person is so sexy and then fill your news feed with them fill your Instagram feed with like photos of them feeling super sexy you know owning you know owning their sexuality and let that inspire you I love it all right so I've got a few lightning round questions they can be lightning if you find it's like skip we'll skip it (laughs) But okay. um, just some fun things for people to get to know you. And if they do listen from Turn Me On, maybe learn something new. So what is something that no one would guess about you? I'm an open book. If I mean, what would nobody guess about me? To be honest, that yeah. is almost something. Because you, you're you not like, your energy is very like calm and you seem quiet. You know, when I meet you in real life, I mind you were doing a live show. Yeah. So you're so open that I imagine that that might surprise people. But anyway, if there's anything Yeah, else. I'll pretty much tell you anything that, that you ask me. So. Yeah, I love that. Right. What are you doing right now to improve yourself? Well, I'm, I just picked up a new book. I'm only on page five. It's called um, um, How Emotions Are Made by mm. Lisa Dawn Feldman, I believe is her name. And I am trying to understand the neuroscience behind emotions so that I can be uh, a little less controlled by them. Oh, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that. Just circle back about that. Um, is there a moment that you felt really proud of yourself? Uh, <laughs> oh, pride is a, is a tough one. Like you never want to admit that you, <laughs> you feel proud proud of yourself I, I Jeremy's had to teach me a lot about you know celebrating small achievements because I've always been like well I know I could do better mm. um yeah you know what actually a couple of weeks ago I led my first workshop uh independently as a teacher outside of the moto world on voice and yoga and it's been I've been honestly thinking about doing it for eight years and I finally just went I just have to do it and I did it and I felt I was I was able to do it feel good about it while I was doing it and then give myself some good constructive feedback and I feel like I can do anything that's amazing well done you know what it's scary to do something new especially like when you do a co you know you were co-host with your husband on a podcast and you're part of a team teaching the yoga and it's like very rarely does an actor do something by themselves so that's awesome I know well yeah. done thank you um thank you. I don't know if you watch tv or netflix you might but are you enjoying anything any favorite shows at the moment yep working moms I am loving it such a good it. show Catherine Reitman is so funny and that script is hilarious mm-hmm. and the women in it like strong female characters oh it and it's so funny and I'm and it lights up my heart when I see CBC like as soon as you click on it on Netflix and I'm like yeah Canadian television heck it's, it's happening yes you know yeah. what and just further to that I feel like for the longest time being a creator in the space and being a mom, I've almost had to pretend like I'm not really a mom. Like I have other Mm -hmm. skills because for some reason people hear mom and they're like, Oh, she's just a mom. And I'm like, F 
that? Do you know what shit I can get done in a day? And I still have two kids that are alive and well. Like, so to see them highlight the real side of motherhood, I'm just like, yes. Like it's absolutely. And I feel like watching it with my boyfriend too. I feel like, you know, some people need a narrative to see, to see the reality of like, what it is to be in someone's shoes Mm -hmm. and I think working moms does a really good I'm not a mom but I think it does a great job at like just you know presenting the the world from a woman's point of view and I love that like you're not a mom but you're a woman and you relate like it's amazing and Mm -hmm. supporting I mean it's amazing absolutely um as a kid what did you want to be when you grew up uh a couple phases a hairdresser a babysitter Ooh. and then finally an actress <laughs> both my parents are actors so by the time they let me up on stage when I, for the first time when I was like seven or eight I was hooked oh that's yeah. so I didn't know that about your parents that's so cool it's like mm-hmm. in the DNA exactly that's awesome yeah. and you do have a beautiful presence I haven't seen you perform in anything but when you and Jeremy we um I had attended a live performance of your podcast you were so chill calm cool you even went off on like a couple great monologues I loved it I was like <laughs> so good <laughs> Jeremy is a force so when Bridie takes over it's awesome and I suppose the last one is this could be related to sexuality or just life in general or marriage or anything but is there anything like advice wise, the best advice you've ever received? Ooh, you know, how do I like not just want to tell you everything that I think is important? <laughs> <laughs> Top three. Oh, God. Well, you know, this one surfaced the other day. Um, I learned it from acting, but it applies to teaching yoga. It applies to um, everyday life. Um, an acting teacher said, you know, when things get when you get in your head and you lose your place and you're panicking um just invest in your partner invest in your acting partner invest in the person that's in front of you and take the focus off yourself put it all on them and it will save you every time that's that profound actually there's a lot of acting stuff that is mindfulness mm-hmm. and they they really they go together in a really nice way and uh so i i i try to think about i try to think about that whenever i'm feeling not mindful whenever i'm fighting with my partner um sex sometimes yeah. you get in your head during sex and it's like you know what i'm just going to I'm just going to put my hands on this person's body and try to make them feel good and eventually like get swept back up into it. It's so true. The listening element. Yes. Yeah. Um, even like I have done a few of those morning show things and you can get a little bit like, because ah, all yeah. of a sudden you've got like four minutes to talk and I'm like, I don't know what I'm saying anymore. You know, but if you just look at the person you're talking to and listen, they will help you and it'll just be mm-hmm. like a normal interaction. Or with my daughter, who I had a little blowout with earlier. Calm down. What is she needing from me? <laughs> like It's always like, what is happening with other people? You know, getting out of your own head. That is yeah. solid advice, Bridie. Mm-hmm. Well, listen, I so appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today. And um, yeah, I love it. And where can people find you? Basically, turn me on podcast yeah turn me on podcast.com is our website and you can uh find us at turn me on podcast wherever you get your wherever you get your podcasts amazing and of course thank you so much oh this is so fun i know you guys are a duo but i was like i haven't really had a boy other than my husband on my podcast so i'm not ready to, to bridge that to bridge that yet <laughs> we'll right, get fair there. enough 
<laughs> he gets enough time on a microphone. Right? She had yeah. the female side of things. Um, but anyhow, you can go find Bridie over on Turn Me On Podcast. Be sure to check them out. It's such a fun conversation. And that's it. I will catch you guys in the next one. Bye. Bye.